it's late in the refinery as I record this. Been editing this episode for the last couple of hours. Uh, we're going to call it Triptych Echoes. Obviously, it's been a little while since you heard from me, and obviously the last episode, Contemplations, I got a few things out. However, we just seem to be progressing down the rabbit hole. And I've had serious questions about what I do with the podcast and whether I continue it. We were supposed to do episode 150 on 1984 by George Orwell. We just can't seem to make that work. So I don't know whether 150 is about 1984. I think we're almost, well, in some elements we are definitely living portions of that book and it's it's quite scary where it leads. So maybe we, that's not 150. Maybe 150 is something else and I'm not too sure what it is. As I said, I'm not too sure what to do with Unlocking the Code. And it's for a few reasons, yeah? Obviously, just the times that we live in are very uncertain. And there's potentially other things to focus on. Not this platform, however. And look, much love to all the supporters that have reached out to me. It really means a lot. And to a man and woman, for that matter... You've all told me to not stop and to keep going. So, for the moment, I'm not going to commit either way. However, we set out to unlock the code here in the refinery. And with this episode, I think we have to a point. It's a big part of what it is. And it is what it is. The answer has always been the answer. You are God, we are God, I am God. This is it. You are the God self. You are the, uh, the eternal creator. It is within you. However, what I didn't understand is it was going to be the connection to the advanced ancient race, I believe. Okay? It makes sense. The triptych architecture echoes through all of these temples. And kudos to Richard Cassaro. Uh, I've only recently become aware of him. However, I've been delving into a lot of his work and it's really good. He has picked up on something that no one else has. And coupled with the research that we've been doing here for the better part of five years... On the mic, that is. The research has been going on a lot longer than that. However, it complements everything that we've spoken about here. And it is the answer. It is the the key to unlocking the code. Right? I think the, the triptych and the megalithic and that advanced ancient race that existed once upon a time on this planet, I mean, it's it's in my mind, it's pretty much irrefutable. You know, we can argue about timelines and different details however did they exist yeah it's evidences everywhere and it echoes this triptych architecture echoes through all those temples all over the globe over and over and over again and i think it it was the time when science and spirituality were one 
I think we see it through alchemy. I think we see it through so many things right here to how I've set the refinery up. The triptych echoes in here are unbelievable. So I think we have unlocked the code, or at least a fair proportion of it. And I think part of that, if I'm honest, here we are, we've unlocked the code here in this humble little Aussie podcast using Richard's work and our work and, and melding them together and, and making a fairly concise argument that it is accurate. I mean, obviously, we know nothing at the end of the day. And it's going to be overshadowed by the current situation. You know, it's like, oh, we've unlocked the code, but no one's really going to give a shit, you know? And the the reality of that is a little bit difficult to deal with. You know, we're all struggling at the moment. And I, I have been. That's why you haven't heard from me. Right, if you understood the just sheer will and and literal courage because I was fearing turning the mic on for whatever reason, I'm not sure. However, to do this tonight and actually put this together. Um you know, that that's a that's a personal battle that I've had for days to get up here and do this. However, at the end of the day, you guys, the awesome listeners, deserve this episode. And look, the research never stops. So, maybe we continue down this rabbit hole. And maybe, on the podcast at least, we ignore the current situation for the time being. That's my thoughts moving forward. However, I had one of the awesome listeners say to me that I've been the light in the dark for them. And that is the primary reason that I'm here tonight. For those awesome listeners that have been here with me, whether it be from the start or at some point along the way, Because the thing is, at times, knowing you guys are out there, you've been the light in my dark. And we just got to keep going. We just got to take each day as it comes. And prepare. That's really all we can do. This is a longer intro than normal. And I'm going to go back to old school. So I'm going to play... Um, Bathe in the Sun from Rowdy ever appreciated to Rowdy and I see him playing guitar again and I must reach out and have a chat to him however awesome to see him back on the guitar and plying his trade his unique sound has been much appreciated over the years and we might end with I'm not sure wait and see it's interesting times I sincerely hope you get something out of this I've listened back to part of it look I'll be honest and say before I go that I had like five coughing fits during this episode so it jumps around a little bit but what's interesting about that is if you look up Megalithomania Richard Cassaro's lecture on YouTube which I recommend you all do his first one he coughs and chokes his way through it 
and here I am in the refinery trying to present the same information and that's what I do. And we say it in the podcast, have we talked about it after as well, it's like because this triptych is a big, big, massive part of the answer, then maybe the information doesn't want to get out or maybe it's hard to speak aloud. However, I chopped it up as best I could uh, to join it together. We had a good time with this one. It's probably some of our best work. And I love it when uh, me and Mr. McDermott come together and focus on a topic. Because we, we bring it to light in a unique way, I think. Thank you very much. Regardless of what happens here at the Unlocking the Code... I'll be forever appreciative of all of you that have downloaded it, that have donated through Patreon. And, you know, I think it's been such a special thing for me that I don't think I'm going to stop. However, we might take a bit of a left turn and just get back into the research and see what we can find. Maybe be that distraction, that light in the dark. Thanks very much, guys. Look after yourselves, be kind, be cool, stay safe, be patient, engage discipline, prepare, and we'll talk again soon. Cheers. Just bathing
Mate. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent because we have some, not fresh information, however, fresh to us and... A new perspective, A new perspective and also potentially the thing that ties all the things together. But before we get there, kudos to you, my brother, my fellow coder, for finding the information that we're basing it on tonight. And that was a few weeks ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was a few now. Because we've been deep in research mode for a couple of weeks on this one. We've done one night, two nights. Yeah, two, I think. Two nights on this. Just discussing it and exploring it. And yeah, man, I actually had to put together a slideshow just for us. So we had some sort of semblance of of order. (laughs) Yes. Because the information is that vast and that deep. And it just keeps echoing. As I said, today... I could add more to this just mm. with the information that I picked up today. That's the whole problem, isn't it? It's, it's, it's that, that's what makes makes this thread so juicy. Is it's it's a choose your own adventure in terms of what where you draw the line to what you peel into this. Yeah, where do you want to go? Mm. Where do you want to go with it? Um, so, mate, as it's your you brought this to me, gotcha. and. I would like you. What are we? What are we going to talk about tonight, mate? What are we talking about? Well, mate, there was a fateful night, like you mentioned, about two weeks ago, where Daddy was doing a nice little rabbit hole dive and and uh, on on the tube, on the YouTube, and um, stumbled across a little video by Richard Cassaro, and I can't remember the exact title, but it let was me just Megalithomania. It it was a Megalithomania conference. Mm. That he was presenting at, that it was that they recorded, and look, I'm just going to go with Triptych Echoes. Yeah. Now, Triptych is a, not a word created by Cassaro, but he's borrowed the term in terms of it was a Renaissance. It was it was a reference to a Renaissance style, where in the paintings they would paint a a larger section of the painting in the center and then they would do two smaller sort of zoomed out areas on either side so it mm. looked like three three windows three panels three mm. panes mm. sort of thing so that's where he's borrowed the name and then he's gone straight into his background mm. where and where he first stumbled across this and it was the the three the three door the three-doored temple, I guess, mm. is where he kind of started. Mm. And, look, and yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And I think a few of us, like those that are down the megalithic rabbit hole, you might have stumbled across that. And like, so it's Indonesia. The one we've got up at the moment is Indonesia, Mexico, and Egypt, right? So the step pyramids with the three doors into the temple. Now I'd seen that before. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, that's an interesting uh, correlation. But I didn't realise what it actually meant. You know, I, I didn't realise. Well, that's that's where Richard's sort of work goes. Yeah. In terms of delving deeper into that, this was, as he explains in the video, and I I um, suggest everyone go and have a have a look. If you just type in triptych into YouTube, T R Y P T Y C H, it'll come up. That's it's yeah. about the only thing that. Uh, it'll be the top entry. Do you know what's interesting? What's is that? that I've seen it the other way too. T R I P 
T-Y-C-H. T-R-I instead of T-R-Y? Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah, it both. Yeah. Well, see, it's an, old, it's an older word. Yeah, so it's an old word, yeah. The English language does what it does and it murders things and depending on what country or continent you're on, Speaking the English language, you'll spell things differently. That's right. And and <laughs> and when you say old word, I wonder how old is this word? Mm. You know, if it if it symbolises the essence of basically what we're going to talk about tonight. Look, I'm going to come out and say it that Richard's work, Richard Cassaro, his book's going to be on the way too. We're going to have a look at that. Nice. And but he. Yeah, I've got to figure out how to get the money out of Patreon. I'm going to buy his book. <laughs> Beautiful, mate. What a great use yeah, of the yeah, funds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I figured that was a good use of the funds. So we've said here for a long time, right, that there's the symbols that echo around the globe. There's the there's the building techniques that echo around the globe. Grobe. Grobe. Uh, add that to the dictionary. <laughs> um, however, there wasn't the the joining piece yeah, the smoking gun of, of sorts. Yeah, and you know he's talking about a lost universal religion, which is something we've talked a lot about here. You know, was there an overarching understanding? Was there a well? If if you if you delve into for a moment, sort of the ancient civilization, ancient advanced culture, sort of theory, there was a point. Like one of the threads is that whether it's Atlantis or wherever it was mm. or whoever it was, that there was a, some kind of cataclysm and the survivors then spread that that uh, information sort of around the world. And that's, that's kind of why you've got... That's an explanation for why you get pyramid cultures around the world, mm. polygonal masonry around the world, mm. um, that kind of thing. A lot of symbolism that's similar. And there's there's no sort of real explanation for it but i think richard points out it was it was kind of the victorian era english um archaeologists and and the scientists the explorers yeah genuine explorers yeah that originally sort of came up with this quandary yeah in terms of like how how is it why is it all connected mm. they noticed the pattern but mm. they they couldn't explain as to why they what had, the pattern was what the pattern was as to why they were all so similar mm. And some of the explanations we all know from textbooks today, yeah, sort of thing, in terms of just it was just a potluck, you yeah. know, they're all studying the same thing, so yeah, they yeah. all created just, the same kind of stuff, you know, they were all sun worshiping yeah, that's right. cultures, that's and, right, and it just sort of ended up the same. And yeah, but, but what I love, and I think the thing that echoes with me as to why this rings true is it's so simple, and sometimes it's the simplest way that you'll ignore in the beginning and yet you end up coming back to it because it's the opposites and the balance mate it's the dark and the light it's Mm. the it's it's the self it's the devil on one shoulder the angel on the right we're going to get right into that however Mm. it was a light bulb moment when so simple when you could tie everything through everything everything that like we see in in just messaging in pop culture and stuff like that it ties that all the way back through history now whether some of the symbology you see today is done on purpose mm. or whether it's just accidental because they've been flooded with images and they've just copied them. Well, that, I mean, we're going to... Just gonna, like we've been flooded with that's images. That's right, that's right. We, but we, and I think there could be some sort of genetic echo as well there that we're mm. going to... 
we're going to discuss a bit later. later. However, let me read some of this, right? So, the lost triptych universal religion of the triptych temple, right? This is off Casaro's website, richardcasaro.com. Check it out. He's, you know, we've got to give him his due for this, Got to give him his due. So, this is where he kind of started. Mm. So, the basic, so he's got examples of Mexico, Egypt, and Cambodia for stepped temples and uh, triptych windows, right? And he's got, so this here, the basic concept of the Maya religion and that of Mesoamerica in general is the harmony of opposites. Okay, so then Egypt, the deeply rooted Egyptian tendency is to understand the world as a series of pairs of contrast balanced in unchanging equilibrium. Egyptian thought is that totally compromises that are totally compromises opposites, right? Um, and actually, so that was Mercedes de la Gaza um, in the Maya for the first one. Who's that? Henry Frankfurt, Kingship and the Gods. And then for Cambodia, the ability to see harmony is nowhere more prominent than Indian theology. Transcending all the pairs of opposites is central to Hindu thought. Stephen Rosen. So those those three quotes are from three separate books, and those books focus on those separate cultures and religions. That's right. Yeah. And they have come up that that's sort of the summary. Mm. Sorry, I've kind of I'm in a bit of a funky position because the. The writing on that screen's a little bit small for my old eyes. Well, you can. I do have the ability to expand, mate. Just please, let me know. Please, please, sir. Can you possibly zoometh? We have the technology, brother. We can go boom like that. Look oh, that. Jesus! <laughs> wow, that's amazing. We have the technology, but yeah, I think. And if you, if you take that slide too, he's got Cambodia, but on the other side, we've got Indonesia as well. So yep. that you know, so that's another one. Okay. Yeah. That Southeast Asia yeah. kind of area. Yeah. It's, it's really got some good gear. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about echoes, when we start having a look around, so that, you know, we've got the Mayan temples, the triptych echoes and echoes and echoes, mm-hmm. you know. And look, the Mayans, something I realised too, and, and this is how many different rabbit holes you can spew down with this subject, we haven't done a lot on the Mayans. We no. You know, they, they probably deserve some attention. Yeah. Um, you know, because they sort of came and went without a trace sort of thing. Yeah. And they're discovering like 100-kilometer roads and all that sort of stuff throughout South America. So it's not um, it's not small stuff, you know. Like, yeah, they estimate there was 100 million people in South America at the height of that empire now, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot. Might not be 100. Don't quote me on that one. It's just like all the other numbers we bring That's up. That's right, here. exactly. There's no, there's no Might be right. My nubby. Yeah, that's right. Don't quote me on any of the numbers. But then we see an echo in secret societies mm. as well, right? So places like Skull and Bones, the Shriners, the Freemasons, which we're going to get into a lot later, and the Knights of Pythias, you know, but I saw some more as well. I think the thing with this is that it, it's pretty much every secret society has some sort of triptych influence mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Yep. Um However, you, again, you've got to wonder if, if that's an echo, you know, like there's triptych, in, there's like, without knowing, we're going to get into this a, bit, a little bit later, but there's multiple triptych influences in the refinery and I didn't even plan it that way, you know. Well, the logo alone. Which the, the logo is, exists, is exactly it's right. exactly, exactly kind of the, the theory that we're thinking about mm. in terms of the uh, universal God self religion yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's about the duality. Mm. Mm. The other thing too that I didn't put in here 
is the three stars. I've seen that across Americas, Africa, Asia. Mm-hmm. The other connection I've seen that I didn't put slide in was that I did want to talk to you about was Orion. Yep. That could be Orion's belt across the globe as well. Yeah. That's something that I've seen a lot as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's actually how I knew about the three windows. It's like that it might have related to Orion. Yep. That was the theory that I had in my mind before you mm-hmm. told me about this one. Yep. No, definitely. And 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 anything really that's you know that's part of the beauty of the whole the mystery mm. is there's a possibility. Mm. You know, if there's if there's three things, does it relate to that? Mm. Was the belt of Orion the original triptych image? when some, you know, ancient philosopher was thinking about this while smoking a pipe watching sunset Mm. and this and after twilight out comes Orion's belt and he's like three. It's all about three. Well three is the magical number of the universe. Three is magical number. Mm. It's three is the perfect number in Mm. terms of the good, the bad. And the path in between, mm. the balance. Mm. It's like, yeah, makes sense. The Holy Trinity, yep. you know, all of the above. Yeah, it's all about three, right? And, we, about and, three. and look, we've got so many temples that we can see it in. Well, I don't know where we were. However, I just had a episode, right? <laughs> coughing fit. Yeah, coughing fit, which is fascinating because if you watch Megalithomania, one of the things you're going to notice is that Richard does the same thing. We theorized... That maybe it's almost the, to say the information, the information doesn't, doesn't want to get, get out. out. Um, <laughs> but I've got soothers, so we're going to keep going. Um, so where we were... Oh, we are talking about Orion. Is that what we were talking about, right? That's right. Boom. Got it. Because um, he's not Orion versus Pallades, dark versus light too. You know what I mean? I don't know which one's which, however... Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, That's you know, right. It's, all, it's always been. It's, it's always, always the been. same, right? Yep. It's always about the dark, the light, and where you find pieces in the balance, right? In the middle. Exactly. You know? A balance in the force. Mm. So you you jumped, um, you sort of mentioned the, the big joiner mm. there before when you brought up the um, Knights of Pythias and the, the Shriners and the Masons. Um, and that brings us right through to sort of uh, the, well some of the stuff that was created in America was sort of the 1800s when, yeah. when the Knights of Pythias and stuff were created. But I digress because if we jump back, before we go any further on the Masons, if we jump back mm, mm. to the root of it, mm. to the root of the link to the modern world, yeah. which, which again, this is Cassaro's stuff, he made the connection to the Gothic cathedrals in, yeah, man. in Europe. And part of the reason for that was is that the Freemason Society mm-hmm. was the one who was who was tasked to build those Gothic cathedrals. That's right. And that's what brings us all brings us back around. Now, my friend, you've brought up a a um photo of the Last Supper. Yes, mate. The Da Vinci work. Yeah. So I've got a little I've got a- Now if if you listen to Dan Brown yeah, Da Vinci was a, a, Freemason. a Mason. Yeah, but so I had to put a bit of notes here because I went down a bit of a 
because I knew about the triptych, right? And, and you've got to look at it a little bit different now too, right? So painted by Da Vinci, try to find out whether he was a Freemason. And I've actually written there, a massive hole opened up that I had to back out of. <laughs> 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 However, if anyone in history had the keys to the old library of knowledge, I think it was Da Vinci. Right? You think about some of his designs and... You know, there's just he was surfing that ether. Yeah, man. You know, like he was he had a hard line connected. He was in there. Yeah, like some of those guys. You know, they're getting downloads, mm. sort of thing. Mm. They refer to it as downloads. Mm. But what I found interesting. So if you add the triptych into play, so the big contention for a long time is whether or not this here on the on the here is Mary, right? Mm-hmm. But what Kath pointed out because she's from a religious background, is look at the colours of Jesus' cloak, dark and light. Yep. Right, same with Mary, dark and light. Mm. And the feminine is the left in the triptych, isn't yep. it? So if you add the windows, the colours of the robes, and look at the like the drunk blokes on the side, right? So yep. that's the that's the male. Yep. And then, yeah, Mary on the left. That's, that's Mary, mm-hmm. right? So that is in the most iconic, not only is it in pretty much... The, the architecture we saw one of our research nights was quite unbelievable. And I've got some of it coming up now, some of the pictures we saved. Yeah. However, you know, even in its most basic paintings, Da Vinci was painting the triptych. Now, you've got to yeah. ask yourself, was that on purpose? Mm. You know, would a guy like Leonardo Da Vinci not do anything on purpose? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you wonder. Or was it was it automatic mm. in terms of did... Did he do it or was it automatic painting? Mm. Was it done through him mm. and it's a it's a piece of knowledge trying to get out? Well, that's one of the questions, isn't it, right? And that's, that's one of the, the, the speculations we're going to explore a little bit later on. But, I mean, some of these, yeah, this is the, the look, France has the, the, the pretty much the, the epitome of that style, right? Their major cathedrals. So what do you got there? You got... Reims, Notre Dame, and, and Laon. Laon, yeah. There's Chartres as well, isn't there? Yeah, Chartres as well. mentioned in some yeah. of, a lot of the stuff. And but the triptych symbol symbology again is the is the three, okay, the three doors at the bottom, the three doors at the bottom. But what's what's also involved is these two spires on either side. That's right. And if you, you can't see it here, but if you were to look closely at at any one of those cathedrals, they're both crowned mm. with a sun. And on, a moon. One, on one side and a moon on the other. Representing the feminine and the masculine. The light and the dark. The light and the, the dark. The contrast. The, contrast. the duality. Yeah. In, the, in, in everything. In everything. Yeah. This was a random one. Like, this is the sort of stuff that's coming out. Where'd you pluck that from? It just came up. And I don't know why there's a love heart there, but it just came up. Um, wow. But that's the Parliament building interior in Budapest. Mm-hmm. Is that not one of the most triptych bunches of symbology you've ever you know like 100 percent. well you've at the end you've got the three arches mm-hmm. which create like the the image of three triptych doors yeah, you've got the triangle you've got like all the all yeah, the images you've, you've got a triangle right in the center there mm. i can't see what's up in the vaults but there's there's a, yeah left above. and right i think yeah there's going to be yeah 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 for sure i would say so and they look they're, they're, they're facing could, opposite directions as well and the, yeah so they could possibly be a sun and moon icon yeah and then the last piece of the puzzle that we sort of need to mention is the round window or the round iconography mm. usually s- situated directly above the middle door. That's right. Depicting Normally depicting the, 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 the flower of life, something similar to that effect. Exactly. And the um, 
Sorry, mate. You continue. You're right. Yeah, the, the, the flower of life. And look, we see that as well. There's also um, the, the all-seeing eye, which we're going to look at a little bit later. There's some eye stuff that you see. Well, what ties it all together is the circle. Mm. Because some places you'll only find the compass. Mm. There won't actually be a, a circle, mm. but there, there may be the iconography of a compass, yeah. someone holding a compass yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. And not just not the directional compass, mm. the type that you draw circles with. Yeah, that's right. The compass and the square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what ties it over to the mason. Again, yeah, right, the, these tools that we're looking at. So we thought we would see what Australia had as far as triptych architecture. And we were quite uh, surprised to see how much we actually had. You know, you've got, uh, there's a, I can't remember what that one, that's in Melbourne somewhere, but you've got St. Mary's in Sydney, like that's got everything, it's everything is there, you know, the the circle, the triangle at the top, the two spires, the three doors, like it is. It's very, it's it's very gothic cathedral inspired. Mm. And I mean, just to be the skirt for the set for a moment, Mm. you always got to remember how much because you got to remember that Australia came along a lot later, mm-hmm. so our stuff is a lot newer. But it's built in that echo. Mm. Now, why was was there a reason, or was it just a copying of the style? Yeah, we just so want we want our churches to look like that one. Yeah, we, we the architecture's beautiful; mm. it's amazing, and there's a loss of meaning. Mm. I would say that, you know, if if. The evidence that I saw, I would say <clears throat> you've got to skirt it and say maybe, right? However, it's the iconography that you find inside these churches mm-hmm. in the stained glass and the actual interior architecture. It is very, very much uh, an echo of that, isn't it? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, were the, were the Masons continuing on? Because we never got to the end of that story. So the Masons were in charge of building those Gothic cathedrals Mm. up until about um, the 1700s when whatever Pope was in power at that time um, basically ended the contract. Yeah, they found out what they were doing. Pretty much. How they were putting pagan iconography into into Christian buildings. Basically the triptych. They were inserting the the entire building was a massive Mm. monument to triptych architecture. Yeah. So the, the universal forgotten religion Mm. really that kind of ties all societies across the globe together yeah it does you know and look we had um just so that more examples of australia there some older churches as well that's all hallows we had a bit of a look at that that's some interesting stuff all hallows is going to come back into it with due to the wall that's there because that sort of opened up a bit of a different hole for me there as well and that's in queensland yeah Mm. but we come to an old friend sir Oh, yes, back to the gimpy. We come to an old friend because I thought, I went. I was up at Harvey Bay and I thought, you know, we're going to scoot through gimpy and have a look at a few things. And where the polygonal masonry wall is in gimpy is a church. And obviously now with this new information, I've looked at that church through an entirely different lens. And there is definitely triptych iconography in this church. Well, 100%. Let's start with the with the silhouette. It's got two spires, one on either side. Yeah. Now, we haven't touched on 
on the Masonic iconography of those those spies. No, yeah. no, no. We're going to dig right into the Masons in a little well, in a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's just mention it now. Mm. So in Masonic law, the the two spies are from the Solomon of Te- uh, the Temple of Solomon. The Solomon of Temple. The Solomon of Temple. So, um, and one's called Boaz, one's called Jakin, mm. and the J. Ja- the Jakin is the masculine or the light, the hot, the whatever other things, the opposites that it that it sort of stands for. And the other side is the Boaz, which is the feminine, the moon, the the cold, the moist, the opposites to all those said before. Yeah. So that's kind of like the background of another link to the the cathedrals and it's the two spires the twin spires are uh echoed through different architectural styles yeah absolutely and like and you know we see the two spires there and we see i tried to get and i I could they look like they're the same i was trying to take different photos yeah but it's also a little bit gothic as far as like you know the i didn't put the photo in but it's like they got these it's not a cross. It's, you can see to see there. Actually, we have the ability, don't we? We have the ability. So we do that. See, it's not... Mm. It, I, I don't know what that means. This They, this, they this, almost look like sword hilts. Yeah, they do. Like, it's interesting. It's mm. not like that. That's that's not normal. Um, but it didn't differ from well, that's, that's side for, to side. That's for someone who's an expert on this to um, tell us their interpretation of what those that symbology is. Yeah. If there's anybody out there. Anybody hit us, out hit us on there. the emails. But the glass at Surface Hill is quite interesting because we've quite clearly got a flower or a flower yep. of life there in both sides. 100%. Um, circular. Uh, not very big, but it's there. Yep. And I did notice a lot of... Look, obviously geometry is part of it, but there is a bit of geometry in there Yeah. in the side windows. And, and what caught me before, I don't know if you've got it maybe in the next slide, but the very top window, it's got... In the centre, it's got... Two panes in the center. That's it. Then two smaller ones on either side. Yeah. Slightly smaller. Yeah. Then above the the two in the middle, there is a three-way, like a... Um, uh, triquetra. Triquetra. Yeah. Which and is it's, the... it's echoed again by the, the tiny little vents right up the top. That's right. But that's, that's the triptych symbology right there. Right there, yeah. Which, which you know, leads to a bit of a theory about um, the and a bit of a new theory about the wall that we're going to get into. <clears throat> However, the other thing that was quite interesting it in Gimpy was St Patrick's, and to the point where this is Mary on the left and mm-hmm. St Patrick on the right. Yep, like that is, and there you then go. that's that's as basically as clear as it gets. There's yeah. literal statues there, yeah, representing the masculine and the feminine and she's holding a moon as well you know is she just yeah look of course she is yeah she's holding a moon yep or a ball but you know yeah it's let's call it a moon (laughs) and what's interesting is but again that's so you've got the the sphere the circle yeah what's what's st patrick got He's got a staff because they've always got staffs. Of these course guys. they do. Um, but Mary's also standing on the serpent as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is also an interesting, you know. And Kath actually observed that she's like in some 
St. Patrick was the one that supposedly got rid of the snakes, but in a lot of the iconography, it's it's Mary standing on the snake. Gotcha. Because that's like the knowledge. That's like, you know. Well, it's it's the tempted tempted by the serpent. That's right. Yeah, and and look, the serpent thing is also very very interesting as well. But yeah, there's St. Patrick. He's a bit of a grumpy old bastard, isn't he? Look at him. Quite a stoic. Yeah. Symbol that one. But he's got his staff. They've always got a staff. Mm-hmm. What's through the staff? Had to herd sheep. <laughs> Bethlehem. Yeah, that's that's obviously Just what it is. Little shepherd boys. Yeah, right. It's exactly what it was. Just like Christmas trees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Christmas trees. But we, we we what we did the other night is we started have a look at the inside of some of these churches in Australia, and we were blown away by some of the again triptych stuff that's in these churches. I mean, you even look at the you know here's the um, here's the window, the glass window, right? And I thought about this. If you're looking from the outside in, Mary would be on the left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got all the symbology there, the triangles, the three, the whole thing. And there's the, you know, the, in, in this... the Christ child? Yeah, that's the Christ child. That's yeah. the, the perfection well, of... That's, that's the Christos. Yeah. The balance mm-hmm. between the two sides. Which is which is an interesting perception there as far as the, um, the you know, the... I suppose you could say the Abrahamic religions is they took away from the God self and they made it about an external entity. Mm. When which, they made it about Jesus, yeah, it put him on a pedestal in terms of that's you can't achieve that. That's only that's the only person because it's right. God's son that can achieve that. Yeah, that's where Christianity, well, like you said, the Abrahamic religions somewhat mm. bastardized mm. Um, that theory. Well, it takes it. it Stepping away from like depersonalizes depersonalizes it, but also we know the answer, dude. Right? We we've been doing this podcast for nearly five years, right? Yeah. We figured out in the beginning that it was about the balance. You know what I mean? It was about the you know it was about acknowledging the darkness but embracing the light and understanding they both have to exist at the same time. And that, that that's all the stuff that we talked about and, earlier. And you know we'd come we'd come to that that assumption based on our own sort of travels through life in terms yeah, that's of right. needing to tame the darkness, yeah. balance it out with yeah. the light. Yeah. Um, that was just through personal journeys mm. sort of thing mm. that we come to that inference. That's right. And turns out, and again, it's so simple. This is the whole point. It makes sense that, that this is what it is. You know, and that we, we see a lot of corbelled arches. I know you love your... You types of masonry, your corbelled arches and your polygonal mm. and stuff. Mm. Um, and we had a discussion about that. Is that why didn't they repeat the corbelled arches? Well, the, the the curved arch is a better. It's it's a, it's an advancement of the craft, is what it is. Exactly, exactly. The corbelled, the corbelled arch. You could create a curved arch out of that if you had the right, slight, yeah. slightly different construction techniques. That's right. Yeah, and that's just an advancement of the construction techniques. And it looks it looks better. You know, I think. You know, we see the step pyramids and we see the, you know, the, you know, like if, if you were able to see the, the Great Pyramid mm. or the, those three pyramids when they were finished compared to a step pyramid, the difference is, is night and day, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, the, and this is this is sort of what we're looking at here is like that's the that's the advancement. Maybe that's a church in Australia. I'm pretty sure that might be St. Mary's. And, you know, again, the the triptych iconography is just everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Look, it's it's actually quite phenomenal when you start looking at it. And yeah, every single it, it's all based on threes. Mm. Every single window has, if it doesn't have three windows, it has 
three uh, smaller windows or or like three circle windows above it. Yeah, it's all yeah. Everything's based around three. Mm. Well, wasn't it Tesla that said too? If we understood three, six, and nine, we could, you know, our, our understanding of the universe would be different. Yeah, isn't that you know it's multiples of three. You know, that's that's what we're seeing over and over and over again. You know, and then we talked about like um, you know Jesus being three days in the cave and stuff like that. Like it, it yep. um, it it's amazing the just the amount the the triptych echoes in the religious architecture that we saw. Mm. Just to tie that up, like it is there, and it's it again. It's as plain as day. Once you know what you're looking at, and you can grasp an understanding of what it actually is, and know as you said, knowing what we came to just within our own selves, mm. knowing that that's true. Yeah. We see it in that representation. Yeah, and the simple way in which we came across it, it seems as though, looking at this next slide, that Peru, Afghanistan, Egypt, Colombia, Bolivia, Northern America, Sumer, Italy, Lebanon, and I'm only halfway through. Yeah, China, India, Giraffe, Indonesia, Peru again, Nigeria, Spain, Iraq, Greece, Minoan, Persian, Indian, Right. They all have their own take on on the same sort of symbol, which is which is a a humanoid figure in the center, and then the humanoid figure is often holding lots of different things depending on where you are. That's right. They're, but, but they're opposites, right? They're, they're, they're opposites. holding holding two staves. Um, you know, sometimes it is masculine and feminine. Sometimes you know, it's snakes. Sometimes it's... Yeah, serpents do come around a bit, don't they? You know, and there is something to do with the serpent. It just depend on where you're at, but it's the same iconography. You know, yeah. I mean, all over the place. And it's amazing. It's all across the globe. I don't think... There's not a continent there that's not covered. No. You know? So, again, how? How? Why do we have that echo in our past? And it precedes the Abrahamic stuff. This is 100%. old religion. Yeah, well, this stuff this stuff came prehistory. That's right. Yeah, which possibly, if you go back through our our sort of theories of, of the ancient mysteries, you know, a pre-Diluvian civilization mm. um, is sort of where we're heading. Yeah. In terms of, is it an echo of, of what they've left over? Well, you would think, look, what I think this is, and again, credit to Richard. I'm going to try and get in touch with him. Hopefully, he might come on and have a chat to us. Um, this is the key. I understand why he's been trying to get this information out for so long. Because the God self is the key. It's the understanding. It's that, it's, it is that balance. It is that self. It is that... You know, and imagine, and you know, I, I, I ran away with a thought process in when I was doing some research. It's like, imagine if we did embrace the God self, if everybody understood that the power was within us and we could actually achieve balance and stuff like that. What could we achieve? You know, oh. What, what could be, we could probably build mega amazing pyramids, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but it's that balance, but it'd also be the balance of science and spirituality as well, which we're going to get into a little bit. You know, that's a that's another thought process that is that is echoed as well. Mm. But what what interestingly, I mean, as I say, you listen to this for a few times, we've been talking about this for weeks. What is your interpretation of the God self? What would you you know, looking at the iconography, understand the information, then your own personal 
interpretation? You know, like, how do you see it? Well, the way in which I, f- I figure it somewhat comes together is it's the God self is, is what um, some religions call enlightenment. Yeah. Or illumination. Yeah. Um, when basically when uh, Yoda... Yeah, when Yoda attained en- enlightenment, he just left that plane. That's right. But he was still there as a force ghost. Yeah, a, a being of pure light. Yeah. Um. So, it's it's the awakening of the third eye. Yeah. And it's it's the awakening of the third eye through the understanding of the solution. Yeah. And the solution is just that. It's it's the balance of the dualities. And I think we've all experienced moments of that balance. I wonder if that's Zen. I wonder if that's like flow state. Mm. You know, we've all experienced that in, in different ways at different times. I wonder whether that's what that is too. That's when you're starting to access that state. It's like you are in sync right now. Yeah. You're in the flow. You're in the Zen state. You have achieved that, you know, God self balance that mm-hmm. you can achieve. Definitely. You know? No, I know exactly what you're saying, and if it's if it's not that, it's goddamn close. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's you're, you're it's the closest there. that a non-illuminated illuminated person can get would, to. would be able to grasp. Yeah, 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 that feeling of pure rhythm. But is it is it not also? And again, it's the simplest things, man. They're the most profound. That's what I'm beginning to really grasp. Being in the moment, if you can truly be present within the self and within that balance and within the body, mind, soul. That is that Zen state. That is that God self. You know, if you can not be affected by the past or the present or the future, you can just be, you know, I I wonder about that as well. Like, is that part of the God self? Is that, you know, because again, we've all had moments like that as well. Hmm. You know, I think it's, it's, um, no, I think, I think all of the references to what you've just described they all touch on trying to explain that. Yeah. In terms of the names we've given those moments. It almost feels like uh, we don't have the language, you know? It feels Definitely. like we don't have the when, right descriptors to actually when, truly express it. Because is, is, is it a word? Is it a, is it a feeling? Is it a, well, the reason an we energy? Don't, right? The reason we don't have the language for it is because we haven't focused on it. Mm-hmm in terms of the society hasn't focused That's on right, it. We yeah. would have a word for it if it was a majority part of our daily thinking. Yeah, if it was within the in the zeitgeist as yeah, it were. Exactly. That's right. You know, and look we you know, we're just looking at multiple multiple icons of, of different versions of God self icons. What I find fascinating about this this hole that we find ourselves in and we're gonna talk about maybe why we are here You know, if you think about, we started with a, and we even talked about it at the beginning. We started with like a jigsaw puzzle, mm-hmm. where we only had a few pieces. Yep. If you think about the amount of pieces we've added to that jigsaw puzzle, and you know, it always surprises me. And 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 as I say, kudos to these independent researchers like ourselves. We put our time in in different subjects as well, and these people are the ones that are bringing these stories out, hmm. and the knowledge that they're sharing, and you know. Just the ability to join something like this together, yeah. But I imagine it, it was sort. Of, I imagine you know, it'd be interesting to ask him 
when Richard was on this journey, it'd be like what we did. Oh, we'll just check to see what's in Australia. Two hours later, we were still searching stuff here, weren't we, in the refinery, you know? No, that's right. It makes you understand the length of time these things take to truly dig into, Mm. you know, on on a greater level than than a lounge chair scientist yeah that's kind right of thing. that's right yeah man no it's a very deep deep and extensive um, subject matter and that's what makes it so juicy that's mm. what that's why this it's the points it's the points of evidence it's for, for, for us the fact that it's such a juicy new chapter mm. to the same mystery we've been banging around yeah for so long yeah is it this, the less distance between the dots mm. to to join these pieces of information together, mm. it's it's the glue sort of thing. And, it is and the it's, glue. So it's that's what makes it so exciting. Mm. You know, is it is it the be all and end all? Is it mm. the right one? Mm. I don't know. Nor will we ever, because no. that's what makes researching the ancient mysteries so so much fun, yeah. so entertaining. Is that it's a it's it's a thought experiment. Yeah. It's an it's a deep thought experiment mm. where you can philosophize in your own mind and and at different levels, you know, you can you can philosophize from a very from an amateur level like myself yeah. right up to a well-learned Mm. deeply read mm. long-term initiate into oh, the subject i think we could call ourselves rookies i don't think we're amateurs anymore I think oh, we might I'm, be rookie status i'm not going to split hairs <laughs> there's there's levels and and i'm i'm many behind that's right that's sort of right. thing that's that's all we need to because well, unlocking the code is always said and we will always say we actually don't really know yeah you know, don't listen to us. We don't really know, and but no one really knows. That's but, and that's that's the trick to the that's, phrase. Yeah, that's right. Is it's also alluding to the fact that no one really knows, and a lot of this stuff we may never. No, you know, unless like we've said before, Space Daddy comes down and explains to us exactly yeah. the history of of the, the prehistory world. of Earth. Yeah, we've only got yeah glimpses. Yeah. However, this stuff does echo, right? And it echoes deep, and that's what makes it juicy. Yeah. It echoes really deep. We're looking at more uh, heh in Egypt and saying eternity and same thing, same iconography with the staffs either side and the, the sun above. And Well, see, this this iconography has the, the circle above. That's which right. The other ones didn't, although they were in different uh, a different setup sort of yeah, thing. It yeah. wasn't, would have been hard to put a circle above them is what I'm trying to say because they were like brooches and yeah. little carvings and statuettes and stuff like that. But again, we're we looking at interpretation too. You mm. know, like it's the same idea but it's just different interpretations as well. But overall, the iconography is very, very similar. No, 100%. You know? Um, when not, well, when 90% of it is exactly the same mm. with a slight change, it's hard to ignore that, that large section of the 90%. That's right. That's right. That's it, you know. I wanted to try and say this on the podcast, Zoroastrianism. Nice, Zoroastrianism. Yeah, Zoroastrianism. wasn't as difficult as I thought, to be perfectly honest. You got it. Uh, I haven't looked into Zoroastrianism, but I think, you know, could be worth a search. That's twice. That's weird. Like, it's odd. Yeah, it is. Mm. It's funny. Mm. It's, it's actually hilarious mm. that, like, you and Richard both had that. <laughs> 
presenting this information. What is that about? I don't know, man. Anyway, we're back again uh, with Zoroastrianism. Uh, I'm not too sure what's going on, but we're just going to keep moving. You mentioned the third eye. I mean, this is this is the thing, you know, the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. That is the, you know, that's the the receiver or the, you know, whatever it is. When when you dig into esoteric spirituality, the third eye, and look, as again, there's iconography, Egyptian iconography up above your head there with the third eye. Um, that is what we're trying to attain, you know, to see through our third eye. Maybe that's the balance, you know, maybe that's where we're going, you know, is that part of it? Or is it just truly a gland that releases DMT and it's it's pointing to the fact that send chem- you to your god that, self? <laughs> that chemical pathway is how you get to your god self. Yeah, it's it's yeah, but even just to understand that, um, as in the shape of the pineal gland and the fact that it is a has vestigial structures from. That of an eye, I believe it has a lens yep. and uh, a bit of a retina or something mm-hmm. there, like remnants of a retina. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's really weird in its in its design. Yeah, and it's it's part of what when you're looking at the human origin mystery. Yeah, it's part of something that just adds a, another what. Yeah. You know, another what is that? And why does that, again, echo across everything as well? Yeah, you know? that's right. Like early, de- this is an early depiction of Cyclops. It's actually got three eyes. Yep. Um, which I found interesting. I think that was a that was a, a, a Greek uh, depiction. Obviously, we got Buddha, you know, the Indians with the thing in the middle dot on their foreheads, mm-hmm. like it again, 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 again. Um, the Egyptian. Egyptian yep, forehead uh, dots. That's mine, and I think. Yep. Oh, Mexico. But again, so you know, remember we started because I'm like, hang on a minute. If this if this evidence is so prolific, then out of all my research that I've got, maybe I've got something. Mm-hmm. And we oh, look, yes. and we looked through my pictures, yep. and we found about a dozen pictures that I've taken over the years, or memes, or you know, research that I've collected over the years that echoed the triptych symbology mm-hmm. and the god self. I mean that that was. That was a bit of an interesting dot as well, you know. And so this is from an Egyptian exhibit that was in Brisbane. Me and Kath went there. Yep. Um, when you could go outside. Uh, however, you know, you see the feathers and the serpent, and it's across there as well. I, I, I put this one in here because I wasn't sure. I thought we could dig into it. Is that a god self? It might not be. It could just be a, um, a high relief, you know. I don't, I don't know whether that's a god self, however. Just, but hold up for just a second. So there's pillars either side. Mm. There's a triangle in terms of the archway above his head. Yeah. The dogs facing opposite directions or they're, yep. not, they're, they're, they're facing each other. Could be. Well, Odin Odin has two wolves. No, that's right. He also has ravens. Yep. On, yep. Each, on each side of him. Yeah. Yeah. Which again would be the masculine and the feminine. Well, if... Odin's the fucking god in the center. Yeah. He's got to be the god self. That's right. He's got to be the balance. Yeah. You know, and that was an interesting god self one there too with the feathers and stuff like that. That had very interesting iconography. I'd love mm. to be able to read that. You know, I'd love oh. to be able to, to, to know what that actually says. I should flick it off to Muhammad, get him to throw up a quick little translation. 
Yeah, true. Of a couple of simple ones. True. That would be interesting though. So, this next slide, when I saw this, I wanted to know... Who created the one on the left? Was that already edited on like Richard's yeah, site? This or is a, yeah, this is Richard. So he okay, might have done that's that. great. So he's yeah, he's made that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And so let me just explain what it is. It's the uh, Gothic cathedral. Um, what's it called? Superimposed. Fo- superimposed over the top of a Masonic um, master's carpet. Yeah, yeah. And which, look- which the symbology of which the uh, spires on either side of the cathedral line up with the Jacob and Boaz spires which are then crowned with the sun and the moon on either side it's just superimposing the iconography and the all-seeing eye which would be the third eye up above directly over the top of the rose window in the center which is the flower of life yeah 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 and in the mason stuff you've got the the pentacle and and the heart and the you know the you know all the iconography is yeah, right there. The square, the compass, mm. and look, we we're gonna have we we got a bit of a sneak peek look into something a little <laughs> bit special very shortly. Yep. But is it the look? We talked about this years ago, where we were like, surely, the Freemasons are the remnants of the builder culture. Yep. Once upon a time, we yep. had that. We had. I don't even know if that's on record. I don't think that might have been a conversation that me and you had. Yeah, we spoke about it the other day. It's mm. one of those vague memories. Mm. It's like, but it, it's the, it's the idea that is echoed through as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of thing. So it's like we never really bookmarked the moment. No, but it's just the underlying sort of bias that mm. we that we tend to put on things. Mm. Mm. Because it makes sense, right? A you know, an order devoted to Masonic architecture that built all the churches and Well just just the fact that the Freemasons are stonemasons yeah. in terms of building. Yeah. And the fact that we call excuse me, the ancient advanced civilization the builder culture. Yeah. Because they were famous for building stone things mm. because stone lasts the test of time yeah and that's exactly what these monuments have done yeah that's why and all these monuments are uh, uh, an echo or a tribute to triptych architecture that's right and the older stuff is built better than the newer stuff that's right and everything else we've always spoken about mm. so yeah it's it's the connections between the the old masonry mm and the Freemasons, yeah. like we stated 20 minutes ago, it was strange how simple it was. Mm. And we just we <laughs> said, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe, and just sort of let it go. But hang on a minute. No, maybe they were. Mm. And if not, if not the descendants of, were they possibly the disciples, the original disciples that that took on the oath to preserve the knowledge knowledge and and extend it onto their initiates. And look, the interesting thing, and and Richard did talk about this, is that he went around um, to talk to Masons to try and, you know, he thought that was some keeper of some esoteric knowledge. Yes. However, they weren't really. They they know how to repeat words and phrases and, and, you know, 
we can take interpretations out of that. However, at least at the you know at the the true the true meaning of the their reason for being mm. he felt was lost. Yeah, and maybe you know maybe that's part of the the structure. Yeah, maybe that's all done for a reason. Mm. Maybe you are kept on the outside. You know that's why it's all done in degrees, um, and maybe the the reason they keep the secret information so secret is possibly because it's so simple. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, you're led through all these c- ciphers and puzzles and complications. Yeah, when really it's so simple. Yeah, and that's the enlightenment. That's the enlightenment to realize how simple it truly is. And that you were the God self the whole time. Mm. Mm. Now, what do you got there, my friend? You've pulled out a bit of paper. I put out a bit of paper. What's he got? Well, I got um, uh, my granddad left me some of his mason stuff. Oh, yes. And uh, you can see there he is, right? I just thought I'd look because he, he was the original gravel grinder, mate. He like, was, mate. Check out that fucking Malvin star yeah, he's I got know. there. Or whatever. Whatever it is. It's probably imported from the UK, to be honest. Yeah, it probably Mal- is. Malvin Star may not have existed at that no, no, point no. in time when he was shredding those streets. Yeah. Yeah. And but yeah. Mate, that any any true gravel rider right now would be proud to be riding that puppy. That's mate. right. That's some, right. Some solid 1930s geometry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was good, man. He, he yeah. As you can see, he won a fair bit. But anyway, he was a mason. He was a, a third degree mason. Yep. I've got some of his stuff, and look, I've, we've bandied this around for a while, whether or not we decide to read this on the podcast. However, we've decided that we're going to. I'm reading a lecturette, um, but it's for private circulation only, so we probably shouldn't have it, but we do. Yeah, but, you know, we play copyrighted things on buses and stuff like that, so it's all the same. But it's from 1948. Only That's the something. names have changed. Yeah. <laughs> It's from 1948. Right. Yes. And it's the it's the um, it's the Hiram legend. So where did the Masons come from? Yep. So the Hiram legend, owing to the fact that there is no mention in the VSL, and see, this is the thing with all these Masonic documents. There's all these initials mm-hmm. that we don't have. Okay. Respecting the death of HAB, which is that's Hiram, the tradition which we refer to as the legend of the third degree, has become somewhat doubted and discounted. But the absence of any record of any such occurrence is no basis upon which to set up a conclusive denial that the event ever took place. It must be remembered that the VSL, or that portion of it known as the OT, is essentially Jewish, recording the history and gradual development of the moral and religious character and life of that race. The death of HAB, though, most lamentable and regrettable in itself, played no part in the national history of the Jews, and so far as they were concerned, he was but one of perhaps several Tyrian architects, okay? I'm going to stop there for a second, because the city of Tyre is in Lebanon. Baalbek. Isn't that the one near Baalbek, I was yes. going to say? Yeah. Baalbek is in Lebanon. Yep. The amount of megalithic... Well, that's the home. Let's, of let's the just be, let's, let's just say massive fucking blocks. Yeah, is in Lebanon. Yep. Okay. So that and I looked into Thai. Like that's another rabbit hole. It just went whoosh. And I went, hang on, can't get in there. there. Yeah. Right. But yeah, the city of Tyre is in Lebanon. Yep. Uh, perhaps several Tyrian architects engaged upon the erection of the temple, and without doubt, there must have been many, and un, and 
many sad and unforeseen events which interrupted the work and affected the lives of vast numbers of workmen enjoyed during the 20 years. King Solomon was building at Jerusalem, but on, but on these also the VSL is silent. Suffice to say that any traditional death of HAB has been handed down for many centuries, and not only was it known to the Masonic Guild's operative masons in medieval times, but a token belonging to one of the masons' bodies of the 14th century is still preserved and depicts the unmistakable representation of the tragic death of HAB. Tradition informs us that consequent upon the death of HAB, this is, uh, who was the most revered and esteemed man, as well as being a skillful and clever architect, his name and the circumstances surrounding his murder which occurred before the completion of the temple were substituted by the Jewish members of the fraternity for the legend of Bacchus. And Bacchus... Do you also remember that Bacchus is what Baalbek is actually called, mate? That is the Temple of Bacchus. Yeah. So again, the biggest blocks in the world are found at the supposed Roman Temple of Bacchus or Dionysus. Mm -hmm. And has ever since been preserved in Masonic Mysteries as the legend of the craft. So they're attaching Bacchus to the legend of stonemasonry and the Temple of Bacchus has got the biggest blocks the world actually has ever seen. Wow. If if you thought to have claim to that, that'd be a pretty fucking... You're like, fuck yeah, we built that. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say they built it, but that's just the connections, you know, the esoteric yeah. connections that go back there. I'm hearing you. And so I... I I haven't highlighted all this, Rob. This is another. It may seem strange that a Tyrian architect should be made the hero of a legend based upon a circumstance connected with the erection of the temple at Jerusalem. And peculiarly, it may seem too that King Solomon should have looked to Tyre for assistance in supplying him with not only with materials, but also with skilled workmen, builders, and architects. But Tyre was much in advance of Israel in regard to architectural science. I wonder about Israel, right? I wonder... Because this is 1948. Did Israel exist before 1948? Didn't they only exist at the end of World War Two? No, 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 no. They were um, pushed out by uh, Palestine. Oh, okay. That's why. Oh, that's they where, have it, the that's thing where it comes now. from. Okay. Exactly. It was the home of a society of builders. This is Tyre. But Tyre was much in advance of Israel in regard to architectural science. It was the home of a society of builders to which it was exclusively confined the privilege of erecting temples and public buildings within the Tyrian kingdom. The society was known as the Fraternity of Diocinian Architects. So that is theoretically where we, you know, if the origin of the Masons is the Temple of Solomon, mm -hmm. then they used to be the Fraternity of Dionysian Architects. Dionysian Architects. From Tyre. From Tyre. In Lebanon. Yeah. Linked together by the secret ties of the Dionysian mysteries into which all the members had to be initiated. So all members of Masons have to be initiated into the Dionysian mysteries. Right. These mysteries had been introduced into Tyre, most probably from Greece, and contained a peculiar legend referring to the murder of Bacchus. There he is again by the Titans and his subsequent rest restoration to life. Bet you, bet you was passed out for three days. What do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon you're spot on. 
The existence of this order in Tyre at the time of the building of the temple is universally admitted and H.E.B., the skillful architect, was doubtless a member of, of the fraternity. As Dr. Mackey states, we are scarcely claiming too much for our order when we suppose that the Dionysians were sent by Haram, king of Tyre, to assist King Solomon in the constructions of the house he was about to dedicate to Jehovah and they were communicated to their Jewish fellow labourers a knowledge of the advantage of their fraternity and invited them to a participation in its mysteries and privileges. So that there is pretty much the origins of the Masons. Gotcha. And we've got a little asterisk here against Bacchus. Bacchus or Dionysus, the Roman Bacchus is identical with the Greek Dionysus. In <laughs> You're right. This is a this is this is amazing. This is a weird night. <laughs> sure, it's not full moon tonight. No, shit's just going nuts. It is. Anyway, where were we? Um, in the mysteries, Dionysus is identified with Osiris and is regarded as the sun. His mysteries prevailed in Greece, Rome, and Asia, and were celebrated by the Dionysiac artificers those builders who united with the Jews in the construction of King Solomon's temple. Hence, all the mysteries, they are the most interesting to the Masonic student. So did did we just say that in the mysteries, let me say that again. In the mysteries, Dionysus is identified with Osiris, Egypt, and is regarded as the sun, masculine. His mysteries prevailed in Greece, Rome, and Asia. Did we just not see representations of the triptych in Greece, Rome, and Asia? 100%. And were celebrated by the Dionysiac artificers, those builders who united with the Jews in the construction of King Solomon's temples. Those builders. Dude. So are the, are the Jews not God's people? Do they, do they not come from the Holy Land? Now, if we're talking about God for a moment, are we talking about the God self? Yes. Or the gods that passed on the information? Well, see, it's interesting that they reference Bacchus because Bacchus was one of many gods. Mm. Well, he's the god of wine, wasn't he? Yeah, well, Dionysus was. Yeah, yeah. Dionysus and Bacchus are the god of wine. I think that's, that's quite interesting, right? Look, we've got some more stuff here, but I don't think... Um, we might leave that for tonight. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because it's quite a lot, and um, oh fuck! And you don't know. We never know how much it's going to tie in. We could just go into a big, unexpected reading segment. Yeah, yeah. No, Look, I, I think I think the Haram legend is where it's at. Because the, the other stuff I've got here is like an initiation. Yep. Right. Where I don't think this is the time to go through an initiation. No. I think um, we can look at it uh, another time. Yeah, it, it is quite interesting. But anyway, thanks, Granddad. Hope you're all right, mate. Wherever you are, I'm sure he's causing mischief somewhere. Hundred percent. If it totally is, he totally is. But we move. Look, so we move out of the the legend of the Masons to again an old friend, an old friend that we've already discussed quite a lot about, and it is the wall. The wall at Gimpy. The polygonal masonry wall. Yeah. So I went back there again with mm. a fresh perspective. Yeah. 
I wasn't trying to tie it to any of the previous stuff we were trying to tie it to. That's been built for that site. Yeah. Right, the the entranceway, like this wall here, that's, you know, if it looked, that might have been the entrance to something, maybe. All right, however, I wonder when you look at the masonry in Gympie, the amount of stone walls that are in Gympie, the echoes that we're going to, that we saw in the churches. Anyway, back to it. This this wall was built for that site, or it was a very similar site. What if it was a master mason at the height of his craft because of all the different types of masonry you see in Gympie, the churches, all that sort of stuff? What if it's an old school mason who knew the secrets of polygonal masonry because they were the builder culture mm-hmm. and it was just plying his craft? It's highly possible. Well, let's look at look at um, Australia and and the chronological order. Well, Australia's full of immigrants. Like that's what we were founded on was criminals and immigrants. So to be able to pull someone in it's going to be tradespeople that are going to get employed yeah. or going to get the pass. Yeah. So no, I, I, I like where you're going with that idea in terms of a, um, illuminated master yeah. or something along those lines Yeah, that, um, had, was holding on to secrets of, and look, when, when did you say, when did you say the, um, when did the church turn against the Masons? What was that? 1700s. Yeah. Well, 1788, Australia, right? You know, there's a brave new world out there. Yep. What if a, a, you know, a few master masons escaped to Australia? Yeah. And decided to ply their craft, which is why we see so much triptych architecture yeah. down under. You know, like, does that not make sense? Well, you, you think about the Masonic stuff that's all in America. It's all because it came from England mm-hmm. in the first place. Prior to England... We had it all through Europe as well, because they all it all came out of the Holy Land yeah. with the Templars. Yeah, yeah. So is that not, you know, we're talking about seventeen hundreds. It, it's not a long string to draw, or a long bow to draw, should I say, to say that, you know, the Masons got their own ship and said, you know, stuff it, we're going to Australia. Well, look at all the other strings that it's believed that the Masons can pull. Mm. What's to think that that an order that, that may ho- hold such high regard mm. wouldn't be able to um, send diplomats or, or representatives yeah. to, to be amongst the the building of the new the new society. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I don't know what... all I, look, I can tell you a little story about Grandad. Yep. My dad says, and I saw it as well, as far as he understands it, Grandad never paid for a car. Right, a car would, a new car would rock up, and the old car would go away. Yep, and that's what happened. Yep. Always Holdens, right? Mm-hmm. He was a Holden man, had the Kingswood and the panel van, and then he had the Commodore, and um, yeah, he finished with a VN, the original VN. Yep, and uh, yeah, one car would go away, and a new car would rock up. Would turn up. Yeah, and there's you know, and you see it throughout lots of different things, you know. It's, Mates helping mates. That's right. Sort of thing. So, And that's happened throughout society, throughout history, wherever we look. But is there not a purity in that as well? Is there not seeing the brother in everyone and, and helping people out? Like, 
you know, I think the Masonic Masonic stuff is has been twisted, and I think with 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 knowledge and power, unfortunately, comes greed with man. You know, I think that's the that's one of the major issues that we're facing right now. Well, and not only that, but when we're talking before about um, you know Richard's dissolution when he went to the Masonic Grand Lodge in New York looking looking for esoteric masters and yeah. and just found a lot of questions really. Mm. Mm. Um, we look at modern day movements and how e- easily they can be hijacked mm. in terms of like um, wokeism and stuff like that. Yeah, one strong you know, personality can completely steer something. Yeah. Now, when you're looking at a history so deep and vast, obviously that's that's why I feel like um, these secret societies have have all these different levels and stuff trying to secure the purity of of the information, security secure the purity of the line, yeah, as to as best it can protect itself from the human condition. Mm. In terms of steering things, just just like what did we mention the other day? Um, oh, now his name's just blanked on me. The Golden Dawn. Oh yeah, Crowley. Crowley. Yeah. Crowley and the Golden Dawn. So the Golden Dawn's another another. Um, well, he took that over. I mean, that was that was a bit of a purer society than it. You know, the, exactly before it, he came, then went after he left. Well, it was it was based on uh, alchemy and the like. Yeah, we're going to get to alchemy very shortly, but. Um, you know, it was it was somewhat yeah, a secret society founded on alchemy, and he brought his interpretation of alchemy and his focus on the things that he liked, and steered the Golden Dawn into a direction where they had not previously gone. That's right, a darker direction, realistically, definitely yeah. upset the balance. Yeah, but further to the Masonic theory and like a group of Master Masons in the Southeast Queensland area. We got the church at uh, St. Patrick's at Gympie, and then we went, because we were investigating the wall at All Hallows. Yep. And it wasn't until I saw the church at Gympie that I went, does that look familiar? Mm. It's exactly the same style, but it's not. It's polygonal, but not quite. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. So, so the blocks are a lot more uniform, mm. and yet there's still a pattern to the fact that they're there's multiple different sizes and shapes. Yeah, and layers and, and angles and stuff, but they're all there's a lot of straight lines, right? Yeah. There's there's not the the curved masonry that you find in the, the different sh- odd shapes. Yeah, the round the corner odd shapes mm. and the interlocking for no apparent reason. That's right. Um, just like as in a low key flex, mm. really. It's like mm. yeah, we did it because we could because yeah. that's that's the level of mastery that we had. Yeah, that's like, right. See no... that tiny little stone in the middle? That's actually the thing that's holding everything together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Without that, the whole thing crumbles. That's what gives it, it, it its integrity. But, you know, the, the masonry in these these churches and that wall is still very impressive. And, you know, as you say, polygonal but not. You know, are we looking at evolution of technique or is it a time thing? You could go polygonal, but we thought we'd just give it a bit of style and flair with different shapes but not curve the blocks. It echoes the essential the essential style yeah where whereas it molds it into being more efficient with modern techniques yeah yeah that's right that's right well and a little bit in a way that the uh when you look at the builder culture 
architecture. What we were saying before about the fact that the older stuff is the more precise and the larger and more impressive. Yeah. The newer stuff tries to pay homage. Yeah, but doesn't to quite it, get there. But doesn't there. quite get there. Doesn't yeah. quite do it the same. This the same respect. Yeah. And that's somewhat what this it echoes. It it makes us go. That looks like that. polygonal masonry. That's right. Yeah. But there's certain functions, certain key points mm. that it's sort of missing. Mm. So it gives the impression of it's like a, a veneer. Yeah, yeah it yeah. gives the impression of real yeah, timber. But it's not quite, but it's only a, a shallow form of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Now, is it there just to to say, hey, we are continuing the tradition? Mm. Is that what is that what it's all about? It's like we're doing the best we can with what we've got. That's right. We we we're not the masters of old, mm. but we're echoing on the the thought, mm. the the universal. Yeah, we're using the lessons that we understand. Mm. You know, and so I look. I it, again, a lot of this stuff's got more legs, and I think the master Freemason thing in Australia's definitely got legs. However, we we had to sort of back out of it. You know, like the, how deep do you go? I think this is more about the triptych. This is more about that God self. But it, I, I couldn't help. Squirrel down a, just a tight little tight little rabbit hole, yeah, a small little rabbit hole, because this picture came these pictures came across my feed and they're on the the page and it's basically Peru it's it's I think it's um, Saxe Woman I would say, mm-hmm. and because we did megalithomania, and I'm building a slideshow again I'm like hang on a minute, the same marks that are in the the polygonal masonry, the impressive stuff in Peru, mm-hmm. are the same marks that are in the unfinished obelisk in Egypt. That's yeah. the same tool. The scoop marks. The scoop yeah. marks. Yeah. Whatever that is, that's the same tool. Mm-hmm. It's the same technology. Yeah. You know, it's and like it's like the hot knife in butter. That's right. Sort of. That's the impression it gives you. Yeah. Like it was able to scoop out chunks. Yeah, just basically melt uh, granite. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you think, try and explain chisels Mm. doing that, it's weird that you would work to that sort of pattern in terms of those. No, that's right. Your chisel's not going to be as big as one of those scoops. No. So how how did you achieve that over and over again, Mm. that repeated scooped pattern? But it's exactly the same. They are. It's the same technology. You are correct. And I never, I never put those two together yep. until this research. And I was like, hang on a minute, boom. Like that is, I don't know. I, look, I still think vibration, sound, energy, yeah. something or other. All of the above. All of the above. Um, however, it's the same technology Yeah. In the, across in, the two major continents. Different areas of the world, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So just, just another link. Mm-hmm. And it got to me thinking, so dark, light, God self, right, science and spirituality. Because another idea that we've thrown around here is that the the megalithic architecture, the temple building and the function, but also the mathematics that's wound into it and everything else like that, Mm -hmm. that is science and spirituality coming together as one. Yeah. And, you know... And again, you, you quote Tesla. It's like, you know, I think he said something like, you know, the sooner that man focuses on things that he can't see, you know, will advance technology 
more in 10 years than we have in 100 sort of thing. That's another dark versus light thing. Yeah. And, but what happened was, is because I, I like alchemy. I'm, I'm curious, right? I, I used to make potions when I was a kid. Hmm. Most of them blew up. It's a bit weird how many hmm. of them caught fire, but... <laughs> When you're mixing chlorine and brake fluid, yeah, that's right. Oh, what yeah. more do you expect? That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we did put a uh, a wheelie bin into into orbit. Um, actually, I'll tell that story because it is alchemy. It mm-hmm. is alchemy. Mm-hmm. So, year twelve, Nullum Boy, Northern Territory. We decide that we're going to blow up a uh, garbage bin. You know, the big roller bins you'd find at a high school. The big, not as the, like big, the bigger version of what we use as our household bins. Yes. Right. Yeah. And we had some brake fluid and we got the big chlorine tablets. And we look, we had it was a full operation, man. We'd already pre taped the lid with yep. with gaffer tape, right, on all sides. And everyone had their own job. So I think it was four liters of brake fluid, I think, or it could have been eight. It was two bottles. It was eight liters of brake fluid. Mm-hmm. And then like I think it was um I think it might have been eight of those chlorine tablets as well mm-hmm. that you have for a pool. And everybody had their job. And we put the brake fluid in, put the chlorine in, taped the lid, and then just legged it, right? And we are on the high school oval. It was like a Sunday afternoon. Of course. A lot of good things used to happen on school ovals back in the day. Yeah. Before people kept breaking into frigging schools all that's the right. time. Yeah, we, never, we, didn't, we didn't break anything. We just went and had some fun on the oval. No, that's it. The oval was free to use Yeah. for, for golf, for yeah. kicking the footy, for yeah, whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, for launching... Launching bins. Well, we thought it was going to explode, right? Yeah. And we ran back about, you know, 50, 60 metres. And the thing started to vibrate. Yeah. And then it just took off. Yeah. It just went pretty much straight up to the point where couldn't really see it. Yep. Like, I, we don't really... I, to this day, I couldn't... I saw it take off. I saw it go up and it sort of... I don't know where it went. Right? Yep. yep. And we're all sitting there shocked. Like that was not the plan, you know. Yep. We thought maybe, you know, we'd have to clean up a, a bin few different or pieces. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We thought it'd explode. Yeah. So how did that happen? So we went and grabbed a bin, flipped it over. Those bins are molded from the from the bottom uh, from the top up. Mm-hmm. The mold finishes at the end on the bottom. On the bottom. So that's the the thinnest bit of plastic perfect, is where they where perfect they, weak spot perfect weak spot jet and it's nozzle. just a jet nozzle it's just channeled into that <laughs> it just took off that's awesome <laughs> but, so yeah by by taping shut the lid yeah you've you've caused a compression chamber that's right yeah and it's forced its way out the and and through the combination of the two chemicals because they get hot yeah when you combine those two yeah yeah, yeah. um it would have yeah melted that weak spot yep. out of the bottom and, and then just yeah. built up the gas and the pressure up. and just yeah so we had to monitor the local you, paper for a couple of days it's one of those things you'd never be able to do no again. no ne- it was like not the plan you'd never recreate no, never be able it's to recreate it perfect yeah coincidence it of, would have to be that bin too that bin would have to have a specific weak oh, spot you know yeah. what i mean like we, and yeah look we had to monitor the papers for a couple of days because you know in case anyone got taken out by a flying well, what bin. goes up must come <laughs> down right. where the hell did that go yeah yeah, but that 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 is alchemy. Okay, we're talking about combining chemicals and messing around with stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, before we'd even started this Casaro stuff, I'd already joined these alchemy pages because I find it interesting, you know. Yeah. But then now, with the different set of knowledge, with the triptych, with the the God self, with the understanding, mm-hmm. 
what we the, see the symbology the symbology the alchem, al- alchemistic symbology starts to take on a new light yeah because i mean here we go we've got a, an, an alchemy board here and what have we got we've got the sun and the moon we've got the eye we've got the the six-pointed star which is another one of those symbols that echoes and echoes and echoes some of this symbology we're going to see a lot as well right you know those symbols echo the 32 symbols that are common around the globe you know we always see that stuff the serpents yep the serpents holding each other's tail forming a circle Look, Which he, a circle represents eternity because it never and it starts, it, never ends. Is not one masculine and one feminine. Yes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the 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 devil and the and the and the the god. You know, like all this stuff, and that sort of looks like a bit of a circuit board. Like that definitely looks like a circuit board. Yeah. Which actually is funny because it brings me back to when you were mentioning Tesla before, mm. and you're talking about if we focus on that which we can't see, mm. we can't see data. No. What if he was, what if, you know, he was referring to like that which we can't see in terms well, of. It's the energy where, in the sky, man. It's the ether, dude. No, but simplify it back. What if that's not what it was? What if it's the cell and the, the molecule mm. and the atom? Mm. That which we can't see. Yeah. Which, that, that he was, he was referring to. Mm. Like it's, it's, it could be, it's an, it's, it's more open-ended. The more you think into it, yeah. the more open-ended of a statement it actually could possibly be. But see, Tesla also talked about vibration and frequency as well. Oh, 100%. You know, and, yeah. that, and, and, and if the only thing that's going to do that to granite, which is 6.5 on a scale of hardness, yeah. is vibration and frequency. Oh, yeah. You're matching definitely. the vibration and frequency of the stone and you're melting it, basically. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it, you know what I mean? No, that's right. But, Everything has its melting point. Yeah. But I think alchemy is the echo. I, I wonder, right? I wonder whether alchemy is the is the echo of um, the the true science. We yep. just don't know how to understand it. Yeah. You know, look at the alchemical table of symbols, man. Do you recognise any of those? You've seen those before. Maybe not as exact as that. Well, what's what's weird is that the the period of the alchemy. Alchemical table of symbols mm. represent looks a lot like uh, the periodic table of elements. Absolutely, the way in which it's it's shaped, even just mm. the silhouette of it. Well, it kind of it, it is. You know, I think this is the original <coughs> elements, and I wonder. You know, the more I think about it, is is this the key? Is this you know? Is the you know? There's your elements, your triangle. You know what I mean? Like, and these mm. symbols are echoed in cave art. You know, like. Yeah, there you go. That's Australia's Stonehenge right there, mate. You know, there's the medicine wheel. You know, yep. like we're talking about symbols that echo and echo and echo across time. And a lot of them are represented in this alchemical table of symbols. Mm. You know, and I, and I went, holy crap. I recognize some of those symbols. We've seen those before. You know, in the cave art, in the in the megalithic architecture, in all the things that we've studied here over the years, we've seen that stuff. Yeah. You know, so is <clears throat> is alchemy you know what if true alchemy is the old way right what if mm, that yeah. is the science and spirituality yep because you're not you know you're understanding the elements you're understanding the vibration and the frequency you're understanding the spiritual side of nature what if what if alchemy is some of the escaped old knowledge from the societies trying to to pass on the knowledge well, that was of, of the question. universal that was my question yeah like what if that that is the case yeah like you 
if you understand the human condition and the fact that you know people leave people talk people people share share information mm. what if this is just a separate thread mm. of the same information just with the veil of secrecy mm. lifted like it's still esoteric yeah it was always um looked upon it was always the duality of the church yeah um because a lot of it was um seen to be hereticism mm. it was it was pagan sort of followings and beliefs and you know tied to alchemy is is your angels and demons and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um it's science and spirituality yeah that's right i just had i just had like this uh this you know ran away in a bit of a process listening to it's like some dude was in an old library and he he falls over and grabs a book and pulls it back and then a thing folds over and here's this book and it's a book of alchemy mm. and he's just trying to interpret it you yeah. know like he's got no knowledge of what it is but he knows what air and water and air you know what i mean like yeah, fire yeah, yeah. and earth you know like <clears throat> you can sort of pass it out but without the um you know without the cipher without yeah, the code you need the key you to know, unlock it to unlock it you don't know what it is what if it is what if true alchemy is the old way that is the echo of the technology yeah that is that is what we're talking about here, you know. And I think I want to dig more into alchemy. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a bit more time down that rabbit hole and see what what can come out of it. Hundred percent. That's a that's a really cool portion of you know the mysteries. Mm. Plus, there was a lot of alchemists in recent history time. You know, in terms of like the 1500s. That's right. You know, so there's good diaries and stuff, mm. good information to, to really dig your teeth into. Well, the thing is too, is that there is some of that stuff we did find at Gimpy was that the, you know, the, the preparation stone where it looks like they've prepared the stuff that melts the stone. That's alchemy. You know, that's using whatever they had around them Yeah. in order to prepare what happened to that, you know, those stones there. So yeah, well, al- al- alchemy is changing the molecular structure of, of lead to create gold. That's the key, but it's, it's, but the, mu- if you if you extrapolate that that essence, I think that's and this is that not our obsession with gold? Is that not the fifteenth century interpretation? Oh, I'm just trying to create gold. Well, no, that's that's what I'm telling you. But I'm actually trying to unlock the secrets of the universe from this mm. magic book that I found. But if you could, if you could turn <clears throat> lead into gold, you know, again on on just one of the many thousands of str- threads, mm. wasn't one of the uh, initial reasons like one of the initial stories for why we were possibly seeded yeah yeah it was for gold is for mining gold yeah. to repair an atmosphere somewhere yeah. in this universe yeah, yeah yeah so it's funny that that um gold is so precious mm. and look our obsession with that gold we're obsessed is interesting. with trying to make more yeah. of it it's uh, such uh, a rare element gold is an interesting um our obsession with gold is fascinating. That's not for tonight, but it's it's. You know, I, I think I've said before I've watched a gold bar being poured, mm. and like I, I don't mind men's jewelry, but I don't wear gold. I'm not, I don't like gold. Yeah. Um, but watching that gold bar being poured was like mm, my precious. Mm. It's like if I, you know, that's like seven hundred and fifty grand right there. In yeah. That gold. You know what I mean? Like there's something. But it's, it, I think part of its property is the fact that it's. It's so inert. Yes. It doesn't change. It doesn't do anything. Um, it doesn't uh, oxidize. No. Um, yeah, it's because you can you can make many other um, 
elements, metals, alloys mm. as brilliant, mm. but, but they, they all they degrade. Grow, yeah. Gold does not. Yeah. Gold is the constant. There. Gold yeah. is a constant, exactly. Mm. In a world of flux and balance and dualities and gold opposites, is the, yeah, gold, is, gold the, is the constant. Yeah. But it is always the balance, mate. Echo upon echo, dark and light, good versus evil, and on it, it just goes on and on and on. This is the whole point about this, is that I had to back out of it. It's like, how many hours do we spend talking about this, just repeating ourselves over and over again? Mm. You know, the yin and the yang, you know, the, and the yin and the yang represents the sun and the moon. That's right. Yeah. Well, and that, that comes, again, it, well, it represents duality. Duality. And now we've moved to a slightly different section of the the earth in terms of, of higher up in Asia. Yeah. So it just goes to demonstrate the spread of this thinking mm. of the universal um, God self mm. because a lot, of the, a lot of the time we forget that in the image of the yin and the yang there's actually three things depicted. That's right. Because there's the light and the dark but then around the outside, there's a circle. That's right. That represents the constant and the balance. And the dots in the middle are, uh, is is everything's a part of everything else. Exactly. You know what that's, I mean? Like that's yeah. the that's the balance as well. You must yeah. have all sides of self in alignment. That's right. At all times. You yeah. Know? You know, and look, we're we're nearing the end of this interesting podcast. Um, just from a what's been going on. However, we 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 couldn't leave without talking about the force. No, well, I, I've I've been trying to touch on it. Yeah, you mentioned pieces, Yoda a couple pieces of times all night, mm. but no, it's it's very it's like we were talking about when we were we were saying the way in which um, we've put decorations up around the the refinery. Mm. Well, the echoes, thing, well, the thing about the refinery of, yeah. is that it's intentional, right? Yeah, it's intentional to what I've done here but I did it not knowing what I was doing but the triptych is everywhere you designed it with your subconscious yeah in terms of as you were setting up displays of things mm. yeah you didn't realise the the balance the, the triptych architecture mm. of your subconscious but what's interesting is that I designed it using the stuff that I've got here as a representation of all the different stuff around the planet and all it's done is echo triptych through the whole room. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's, it's almost like the it's like the zero entropy state. Yeah, right. When you get chaos and things degrade, systems degrade. It's like they they finish up in that state. It's yeah. the final state. It's the final state. Yeah. And if the refinery is where all good ideas come to be refined, where we're trying to unlock the code to life, mm. we've been surrounded by it the whole bloody time. Yeah. Well, and like we were saying before about the the design of the logo. Oh, that's you crazy. Know, yeah. the, the warrior scholar. Yeah. And then it's in a circle. Yeah. That it just all came together. And that was, and again, that was, you know, that was me and you here one night. You know, and that was when we used to have the, you know, your armor and stuff. It was very much a warrior scholar vibe. That's where that came from. Mm. Right. And sort of we. I've sort of switched up with it. Well, it's evolved now, right? If you think about the triptych and, and making towards God self, yep. refinery version two is that evolution. Well, have you ever noticed your three cabinets? Yeah, I know. I noticed that. These could almost be spires yeah. on one side. 
I hadn't even thought about it till you were mentioning the the very warrior orientated armor yeah. that we had, but it was all on this side. But think about what's in there, like my crystals and stuff are in there. That is probably a more feminine. Mm-hmm. What do we got here? We got fighter jets and cars and yeah. yeah. And I didn't did I I didn't, didn't do that on purpose. I didn't do that on purpose. No. Right. Even look at the look at the the bookcase there. You've got yep. the the weather and look, that little look at the moon there on top of the jar. I see it. And then I've got the the fighter jet and the the ammunition and stuff. Yeah, it's like sitting over on that side, the left and the right. Yeah, the, the duality. The duality. Everything it's is everywhere. Balanced. It is everywhere, man. Yeah. And it's it's like, you know, what I wrote here was George Lucas telling an etern- telling the eternal story. And I think that's where we need to drill down on the eternal story, mm. right? Through a genetic echo, right? Is because again, I did this in the refinery, not knowing at all, but here it is over and over again. Is that a genetic echo? Is that a DNA memory, right? And I wrote this here, and I want your answer with this, right? Why do some of us feel the pull of these mysteries? Is that a genetic echo? Do we have a memory of the time before? You know, were we stonemasons in a past life, or were Mm -hmm. we part of that esoteric knowledge that we know it's within us, and we, you know... Well, and and in that one sentence, you've... You've blended the two the two sides of the possibilities as to what it what it could be. You've got genetic memory on one hand, and you've got past lives on the other. Yeah. Now both of those are, are highly possible as to things echoing down through the time. Like, mm. I guess the only thing that changes between them is the fact that it's DNA being passed from one meat wagon to the next. That's right. Or it's the soul that's passing on the information that's right, yeah. through the through the reincarnation yeah. of that same soul time and time, time and time again. again. Yeah. Um, the memories, I guess, are just the data. That's it's, right. It's just how the data got to the modern to where world. It is. Yeah. How and did, again, we don't know. How did the data get here? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. No, no, no one knows, but it's just it's it's again the beauty of the ancient mi- mysteries is is wading through your own grey matter, mm. you know, just wading through those those pockets that exist inside your brain mm. and conducting these thought experiments on yourself mm. and delving back through the data that you've take that you've taken into your subconscious mm-hmm. and then trying to work out where that came from. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like when you when you've mastered something to a point where you're you're very good at a skill, yeah. But you've never taught anyone, yeah. You've never tr- you haven't yet truly mastered. No, it. no, definitely not. Because you're you may be able to do it autonomously, mm. but can you? You haven't analysed it to be able to tell someone else how you how to do that. Mm. That's why I've always look. I mean, obviously, I'm a teacher these days. However, that you know, those that can't do teach. I don't think that's true. I think, I think teaching no, is a I calling. Think, I think, well. But but the, in terms of a learning process, mm. if you think of purely like the whole Time. imitation, well, just levels of mastery. Yeah, I th- I feel like if you cannot teach, there is a level of mastery you've never attained. Yeah, you can't understand that. That's right. Yeah, because because you're not consciously delving into the dark corners yeah. as to why you do things. That's right. Like, And you're not having people tell you and ask you why. Yeah. Like years ago, I couldn't tell you, well, I, and I, I still struggle to, 
but I struggle to tell you what the levers on an excavator do. Right. But when you get in there, you just... Because it's autonomous. I don't think about it. Like, I would have been better telling you what each lever does when I very first started because Mm. I had to consciously think about what all the actions did. Yeah. Whereas now, it's all stored in my memory, Mm. in my subconscious, in Mm. muscle memory. Mm. So... I do it automatically and then the next level beyond that was then being able to teach someone mm. how to do it all mm. from a green skin That's beginner. Right. Yeah. Um, that took a next level of mastery. That's right. Because the interface that you're communicating mm. is the the nervous pathways mm. from the main, from the brain to the muscles. Mm. So you have to then put that information into words mm. to yeah, then communicate that's it. That's true. It's used to flowing these these very efficient electrical nervous pathways in the body. Well, that pathway gets intersected by a a frontal lobe and a voice box, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it now now needs to create sentences to explain what it's been passing back and forth between the brain and the muscles. But is that... You kept saying the word mastery, and we actually didn't talk about this part of the Masonic tradition. Mm-hmm. However, the fact that, you know, you, you start out as a, as a piece of rough stone, mm-hmm. you learn, you grow, and you become a smooth stone, but by the time you're a smooth stone, you're in place. That's that's your age. You that is the there's your mastery. Yeah. And that is actually when you give back mm-hmm. because you've achieved your mastery. Your job now is before you pass to pass on what you know. And is that not again the contrast of life, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the the beginning, the middle, and the end. And it's here in the middle where we are now that we must achieve our mastery find that balance mm-hmm. in order to us to advance to our old age you know and yeah man the, the teaching analogy is good because obviously that's something that I'm you know deep into yeah. and you know I have actually at times <laughs> used my students as guinea pigs for our knowledge <laughs> oh 100% you know um, that's that's the beauty of, of being in charge of a group of people mm. You know, I do it on offsiders from time to time. Yeah, that's right. They can't escape me. They have to listen to what I say. <laughs> well, so I, allow I, me to experiment upon thee. Yeah, well, I just used to say, "Who don't you sick of learning about logistics? Who wants to hear about pyramids for the afternoon?" Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, we've got a bit of time. But man, how do we end this? I don't know how we end it. I mean, I've been searching for like. It's it's so profound. I, I and look, it's been a bit of a journey. This one. It's so simple yet so profound. We all know. Everybody knows. The answer is the answer, man. It's not. There's, there's no. It is the balance. Mm. It is understanding the dark and the light, and that they always exist. They always will exist in, inside you and inside everybody inside the world. However, if we acknowledge that, what do, what do we do with that? What do we do with that? And how well, do we? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we try and achieve that as best we can every day, don't we? You know, we try and make sure that we are, you know, good people, and you know, we we keep the demons at bay. Well, and and all, maybe you know, maybe that is is that it? That's that is the answer. Like is we're talking about the fact that 
It's so it, simple. It's all echoing being so simple. Yeah. And yet we're trying to conflate it into something more complicated. So is the answer just try and be your God self? That's all you could do, right? That's right. Understand and acknowledge. Yeah. The, the, the truth that you know inside you. Because that not that it? You know, at the start of this, we came up with this because it was the truth we found inside us. Mm-hmm. And well, and that's why I think Richard's uh, work echoed with us so much. Yeah, it's because we're like, of course, yeah, of course, that's it. How do we? How do we miss that? that? Yeah, that's that's what it's always been. But were you surprised as well? The level of evidence I was. Oh, hundred percent, definitely. Because again, I could have added another thirty slides to that. Yeah. And I remember back in the day, um, sitting in this in here talking about it, and we were talking about perspectives on mirror balls. Yeah, and the fact <clears throat> it, it was around the time of the perspective on mirror balls, we're also talking about ancient mysteries mm. and the difference between mainstream theories. Yeah, and um fringe yeah. theories yeah they use the same evidence they join the dots together mm. in a different way that's right because the evidence is the evidence that's yeah. all we have that's right and that's it's how you put, join the dots it's to create the story yeah. to create the paradigm yeah but what got me with this one was the dots seemed closer together and every new dot you introduced to it seemed to fit somewhere yeah it it, it a lot of theories require you to exclude certain parts of evidence yeah, because right. they don't fit your paradigm. That's right. You need to you need to ignore tidbits here and there in order to stick with your narrative. Whereas this one seems seems to be like like the furry blanket. All the fucking shit you threw at it, it stuck. That's right. None of it rolled off and fell on the floor. That's right. It's like fuck, everything just keeps sticking to it. It just exactly. And it's not it's an, it's 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 simplistically annoying. Yeah. It's like, wow. Of course it is. This dude's fucking onto something. He is. And yeah, it is. I think that's what made made me bite. And mm. I had you know, I had to bring it over to you and be yeah. like, have a fucking chew on this tasty yeah, yeah. morsel, brother. Well, when I when I finally got to it, I think I got it I got three quarters of the way through and I made a remark about how Cassaro choked his way through the yeah, the, and then I did the same thing. <laughs> Interestingly, it hasn't happened since we got out of the knowledge. Just, just strangely enough, making an observation. Yes. Um, we'll have to go back and mark the time and what we took, like the depth. Oh, of I'm going to have to. I'm going to so and then you know, dig into that. The version that you guys are going to get is not the version that was recorded. I'm going to have to do some editing, and we might have some instrumental work to split some of the sections up. However, poor old Triff's fucking voice box. Oh man, old dry and, throat. And, and what? What are we? On? What are we on? Episode 148 or whatever it is. Has that ever happened? I've never, in my memory, I can never remember you coughing up like that. No, and I'm, I'm not. It's and, not like, and like you say, you. We've done. We've done podcasts sick. Yes. Like, it's not dripping out of our heads, you know. Yeah. We'd test positive to corona <laughs> back before the pandemic ever existed. That's right, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we've done it worse off and never never had the attacks like that before. No. So, it's just such a weird... Coincidence. Weird coincidence, you know. And it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> because this knowledge, look, I don't know if people are going to get it. Um, how profound it is. I hope you do. I hope you... And look, if, if and I will say it in the intro, but I'll say it now too. If anyone wants the slideshow that I put together for this, email me, unlockingthecode9 at gmail.com. 
it's yours. All right, I'm happy to send what I put together for tonight's episode because I think. Did you get any of the stuff off um, Casaro's website? Yeah, a lot of it is off Casaro's website. Yeah. Right, so that's and that was richardcasaro.com. Richardcasaro.com. So you can see a lot of the stuff there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah, so that was yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say apart from God's self, man. It's the balance. It's the dark. It's the light. It's everything we've been talking about, mm. and it's literally in front of our faces, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And that well, to finish off thinking about the mistake that Christianity made. Yeah, was actually in making the God self external, whereas it's not. Ninety nine percent of the answers you need are here, here, and here. And I just went, you know, you, you heart, know, chest, gut, right. Yeah. You know what the answers are. You know They're the inside answers you. are. They're inside you. Everything's you, inside you. Yeah. Your happiness, yeah. your answers, your solutions. That's right. They're all there. We just choose not to. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we've or, been steered away we, from that. We, yeah. We get chose. We do we choose not to? Sometimes. Are we told not to? Sometimes. Yeah. You know. Are we steered away from? Are we? T- are we? Are we <laughs> wrongly? Just, yeah, I've got wrongly it. told. That the answer is not within ourselves. Well, it's it, and it, it, you're spot on, mate. Because I just thought you can't control a person who's their own god self. That's exactly right. Because what if we look? Both of us, we both know that on our journey, we've been on behind these mics, and personally, our give a fuck meter has gone way down mm. since we've embraced who we are. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. Yeah. What we used to care about, we just don't because it it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because that doesn't affect me. That's, I am my God self, you know, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like peace, love and go fuck yourself, man. You know what yeah. I mean? It's totally yeah. cool. Yeah. However, you want to be a douchebag, then that's not my issue, you know? Well, and, and the douchebaggery is usually a sign of of not understanding the God self. That's right. That's at, yeah, they're at acting the out, the They're acting out it through themselves. It's yeah, not exactly. nothing to do with you most they're of the time. They're out of balance. That's right. You know, they're favouring one side or the other. Yeah, man. And that's why they're acting out. Mm. And you can't control someone who identifies themselves as their own God self. Yeah, that's right. They, they're they no longer... Um, the fear and control no longer works. That's yeah. why it had to be externalised. They're no, no longer in contract with you. Mm-hmm. You know, the God self has no name. That's why God's name can't be spoken. That's right. It's because, because the God self has no name. So you can't own it. That's right. You can't put it in capitals on a piece of paper. And if all the esoteric things we've spoken about, I think we've both come to our own understanding that spirituality is a personal journey, man. We, we're all trying to reach the same place. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily matter how you get there. Well, that's why that's why it is the personal journey, because yeah. it's inside you. Exactly. It's the God self, man. That's right. You will get there how you choose to get there. That's right. We've all got the, the same dark and the light. Mm. But it's it's the cracks where the light shine through and that are different, mm. dependent upon your personal journey. That's right, and where you are at, and 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 what your focus is. So I think to end, man, embrace the the God self within you. Do you want to do a warrior book? I just thought of that. You I was do, like, yeah, no, how, how how what does what does it have? It Go be? on, mate. Go on, grab it. Where is it? Do the honors up in the uh, up below the stones there. Choose whichever one you see. Choose your own adventure. Jeez, I wonder. I wonder what it's going to uh, what it's going to say. What it's going to say. Excuse me. 
All right. So the first bit I looked at, Miyamoto Musashi. <laughs> of course it's me. And the title has a duality written into it. Perception is strong and sight is weak. So there you go. Two opposites. Always believe in and follow your intuition. First line. God self. Even when, yeah, we have the answers. Yeah. We just have to follow them. That's right. Even when it does not make sense to you. People are experts at hiding the truth and being deceptive. Many times you'll be unable to detect their deception with your physical senses, but your intuition and sense of honour will let you know inside that something just doesn't feel right. While you may not be able to pinpoint the issue, you will sense that something is not right. Within your God self. When you get this feeling, it is time to take a step back Reevaluate the situation. Reengage. Recalibrate. <laughs> so there Are you, you go, serious? man. The warrior book came through once again. The warrior book has spoken. Embrace your God self, guys. Thank you very much for your time, as always. Man, this was awesome. It was. And, yeah, look forward to the next one, dude. Thanks very much. Thank you. Good on you guys. We'll talk soon. Peace out. Cheers. Oh, bye. Do you want to go again? Let's do it. Yeah. Go again. All right. I know you've been here before. No surprises settle the score. I know the darkness deep inside. Reckless rage. through I know you I know you